Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hi, Leon. Hi, Andrea. So, with a sound Mm -hmm. and a movement, how are you feeling today? Um, what is my sound and movement? Sound and movement. Um, that's my sound and movement. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. You're quite foggy-headed. Mm. Mm. I wonder if it's at like a time of year. Maybe. Andrea? Yes, me. In a sound and a movement, mm-hmm. how do you feel at the beginning of this podcast? Um. Wow. That, that started <laughs> to go in a direction I wasn't prepared for. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and now you've reminded yourself not to laugh into the microphone. Yeah. I was like, don't laugh into the mic, Andrea, don't do it. Oh because we gosh. don't want to cause car accidents. <clears throat> yes, or, or, or deafness. Not that she's had in that car accident just yet, but she might. Oh my gosh, that's she, terrible. Because you kept laughing at her in the, in the car. I mean, not at her, but like, she was in the podcast. Imagine if people were just terrified of my laugh, if that was like a thing. <laughs> I'm super conscious now. Okay, so what are we talking about today? So we're doing part three. We are doing part three. Part three of mm-hmm. the um, the things that we've been talking about for a while. Yes. And the third part <laughs> is communication. Right. Communication, which is a part three of the entire three parts. Yeah. Which started with us talking about what is a voice, voice coach? A voice coach. It's a German one. What is the vice coach? Um, what is a voice coach? And then we talked initially about anatomy physiology. Yes. And then acting. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's voice and acting. And now we're talking about communication. Sure. Third prong. Yeah. All good. All good. So we've separated into two things, which I think are quite clever. Well, we, but I mean, you came up with the terms of it. So I was, I wrote them down. You don't have to... Tell me I'm clever every episode. <laughs> Do I? That's fine. <laughs> Last episode you were like, and then you said this thing and I just, I wrote it down because it was really interesting. It was really and interesting. I, like, I, oh, I just really appreciate words. Um, aww. Don't be I'm embarrassed not, by your cleverness. I'm not good with compliments as we know. <laughs> so, so there are um, two parts. There are two parts. So there's the everyday or the ordinary kind of communication. Hmm. And then we talked about the extraordinary um, or the performance or the heightened context of communication. Yeah, the extraordinary. Mm. So extra. I'm getting so such Pippin vibes right now. Seriously. You've got to do extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mopping the floor and sweeping the hay. And I actually don't remember how that song goes, but I know that oh, extraordinary. I do. I've got it in my head. I, I MD'd it some years ago. Um, so, everyday yeah. communication the need to communicate i feel like this is actually quite big now now that i'm actually thinking about it and probably because i've got um i've got a slight philosophy hat on which i'm going to put to the side because it's bothering me because there's so many ways that people talk about communication and everyday communication and how everyday communication is not necessarily accurate um and how it falls and then you get like all these other kinds of big philosophical gaps and i feel like there's so many different schools of thought on how we communicate, how we effectively or ineffectively communicate, and then what that means. Um, but I think if we were to bring it back to us, 
which is how which is how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna keep it small or, or simple. Okay. <laughs> um, if we were to keep it back to us, I think our job as voice coaches would uh, to go back to that question: What does a voice coach do? Yeah. I think it's to help people effectively communicate um, in their everyday lives for the everyday for the ordinary. Yeah. I've been having this discussion with actors over the past few weeks. Mm. <clears throat> well, training actors. Um, and I was talking about how frequently people have to repeat the thing that they've asked for, mm. or that they've said. How many times do you say something and then somebody says, sorry, what? Mm. Um, in a shop, in a restaurant, in wherever. How many times do you, how much of your life do you spend just repeating yourself because somebody didn't hear what you said. Mm -hmm. um, especially those who have uh, very short vowel sounds, very quick staccato methods of speaking. Um, they don't have that sort of languid, oh, one of my favourite words, languid, um, sort of legato, long line of phrase. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's to do with speed, sometimes that's to do with pace, sometimes that's to do with stress patterning and all sorts of other things. And in everyday life, if you're spending half your life just repeating yourself, think of all the time you're wasting mm. and all of the things you could get done. And tell, like, it's really frustrating. I think, um, like, accent reduction or accent softening comes under this as well. Mm. Um, for people who come to English as a second language um, and do spend a lot of their time repeating themselves or trying to make themselves clear or as accurate as possible. And that is exhausting. Mm. It's very, and it's also really frustrating because you're never really sure. I mean, when I first moved to London, I was never really sure if I was using the wrong words or if people just couldn't hear me. That was a big thing that I was struggling with. I was like, can they not hear, like can they literally not hear my voice? Mm -hmm. Or am I not using the right thing and therefore it's not connecting? Like, am I am I still saying trash can and they're going, I don't know what a trash can is. I, I don't know. And they're still trying to figure it out when I should have really said rubbish. So it's like, there are mm. like two things of that. There's like the lexical and then there's kind of like the, the basic like, am I being heard? Is my voice being efficiently used in this space? Or is it being drowned out by like some of the other Costa customers that's, <laughs> that's the word i was like, I was like all the other costas Kessas. where are you was it in greece <laughs> cyprus um what is it called costa 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 um, yeah there is yeah different layers of of communication and our job predominantly mm -hmm. i'm finding more and more precisely is to work out precisely whether it is a lexical issue mm -hmm. or whether it is a phonatory issue or mm -hmm. whether it is a an intentional issue or whatever it might be and also whether that's got something to do with the willingness for that person to be heard just like as an individual do they feel that they are that they should be listened to yeah because if you feel like you shouldn't be listened to mm -hmm. then it makes it really difficult yeah, or you're not. What was that? Um, that you were saying before about um younger people feeling as um almost anticipating that they're going to be cut off, and therefore the end mm. of the sentence is just gonna go down. Mm. 
and they don't ever finish the sentence. I find a lot of people, um, especially working with training actors' voices, that happens quite a bit. Where mm-hmm. like they're they're falling at the end of the line, not necessarily because they don't have the breath capacity or the resonance isn't there or whatever it is. It's mainly because they've the the intention is 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 gone. They got to the end. And they're just not confident any any anymore. They're very lost and very confused. And it's go, I'm giving up on whatever this is <laughs> yeah. because I don't feel it. When the same thing happens in communication, if you're if you're faced with something, say you're getting a cup of coffee. As I would say, coffee. If you're getting a cup of coffee and the 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 barista behind the counter is continuously going, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? At what point are you gonna go? Oh, never mind. <laughs> this is just like, yeah. I'll just, I just, you know, I'll just, I'm just not gonna have my coffee and, yeah. and walk away, which is very sad. But I think that's the that's normally where I get people in terms of like the coaching is like they're like, well, I can't get basic things. I need help. Yeah. Which, if it's impinging on your life, then the level of communication is not sophisticated enough. It's not high enough, mm-hmm. whether that's in a sophisticated way or whether that's just in a sort of um, bold way. Mm. Like, it needs to be bolder. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever it might be. But it's deciphering how you can... Deciphering what the problem is initially and then also... Um, devising a way of trying to get somebody to move into a new way a new pattern Mm. and what's really interesting is that i find that whenever i work with people especially new people that i've not worked with before i ask them so what 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 are we doing what's what's the thing that we that you want to achieve that you want to work towards whatever and often they'll tell me things but they're trying to it's always from a generous place but they're always trying to tell me the thing that they think is the problem that they feel is the worst thing right and as they're telling me i'm identifying that it's something completely different yeah but i understand how they've got to that conclusion yeah um and so sometimes you have to work it back three or four steps to yeah. work out what it is that's actually causing that thing people don't listen to me yeah the reason people don't listen to you is because you just don't speak loud enough yeah or if you do you start the sentence loud and then you drop off yeah so then you you've got somebody's attention but they don't hear what the point of the sentence was Mm. or conversely you rush the first three words of the sentence hit the key word and then you're kind of like what Mm. what are you talking what's the purpose of this conversation and then they have to repeat themselves but what they do is they just repeat the same pattern yeah and it doesn't resolve it yeah so it's it's really interesting to to kind of hear what people think is the problem yeah and then when you say actually i think it might be this let's try that first yeah and then it might have an effect on the end result that you're experiencing that they they think you're kind of kind of like a voodoo witch doctor <laughs> which i always i love the look in people's eyes when like <gasps> i get the same thing when it's like when i'm working on like accent reduction or accent softening or i'm not really sure what we're calling it now but um because <laughs> this week <laughs> um because it is it, a lot of times. It is a simple thing of it's like, oh, it's it's just that consonant, and they're like, really? And like, yeah, that's it. Let's just let's just tweak mm, that consonant mm. a little bit, and then it's absolutely clear. And it's so, um, and this I think this is going to bring us into the extraordinary of it. It's really interesting how people overanalyze a little bit um, interactions 
you know and so if i say okay so a question normally has like an upward intonation at the end of it right Depends so we know question. that's a question sure. yes and it does depend on the question <laughs> but i was like if we're going to do like a general broad kind of thing it goes up at the end of it um and a lot of times people will come and they're like well people keep saying i'm i'm angry or people keep saying that i'm 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 too aggressive or whatever mm. and that is and i think a lot of that is because i was like if you take britishness um i was like there is a lot more questioning intonation that happens with things that aren't necessarily questions um and i was like yeah. and if you're making all those things um downward inflections or you're not putting an upward deflection in it at all it's like then it does come off as being hostile i was like that's one of the big differences between american and british ness is that some things you know you do question and then other things are, are statements and so it's that it's literally just it's just one little thing and like oh i never I never realized that. And you're like, yeah, well, that's my job. <laughs> and in just, like, one of the, the points that jumps out at me about that is like the difference between the lexical thing and the, the lexical point and the intonational point. Yes. Is, and one of the things is that British people will say, right. Yeah. So we'll go, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. right, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, meaning, yes, okay. Yeah. Whereas Americans will say, correct. Oh my gosh, I was just talking to somebody about this. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize that. And then in the conversation, I said, correct. And then they were like, oh. And I, they, I, 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 and it feel, what, what, what it feels like to a British person, mm-hmm. from my own experience, is it feels like you've just passed the test. You're like, that. thanks. I know that that was correct. Yeah. Moving on. Like it has this kind of weird sort of yeah. testing kind of paradigm to it. Like this sort of quality to it where you're just like, correct. I like, do uh, this. It wasn't, uh, okay. Uh, I do the same one. thing. It's really and funny. when I was in the classroom and somebody asked me a question and I was like, yes. And they and they were just like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, well that, but I was like, but what you were saying was right. I have no other way to say it except for yes <laughs> or correct. Um, and to say right, I feel like, as an American, to say right implies that something else is happening. If you were to ask yeah. me something, and I'm just, I'm just like, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, right. But, like, in that kind of a mm-hmm. sense, like, it, see, it feels more indirect. Like, there's something else there. Almost. But I think right, when we use it as an affirmative, is comes from all right. Yes, which we don't really use a lot. Rather than correct. Yeah. Whereas you guys say correct and we're like, all right. I agree. Yeah. And I think that's right. And, that, not, and yeah. it's really strange that it, there's like this difference. And yeah. also it's the cadence in it where someone, I would kind of go, right. Like it's kind of right. right. Whereas you would go, correct. Yes. Ba-ba. Like it's it's a perfect cadence. It's yeah. kind of like, ba-ba. it's like finished. If you were to say there right. There's no more to this. Right implies to me, right, but... Like, uh, like there's, yeah. there's nothing else like, there. So like, finished, right? Is there something yeah, else yeah, that yeah. needs to be said? Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I never mm. really thought about that. In the I've noticed, I noticed it a lot. Oh my gosh! A lot, especially with work, working with Americans. Yeah. Well. Not just you, but like <laughs> no, the other American that I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm turning. It's not, not even true. Um, so extraordinary. Thanks. <clears throat> Um, and I, so I think sometimes, thank you, what happened? What I do? What I do? Did no, I no, cut no. you off? No, just you just going, extraordinary. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Oh. <laughs> Correct. I missed it. Um, so extraordinary, mm. um, or the, um, the heightened context of it. I think, I think I tend to start with the ordinary and then work up to the heightened, uh, like the heightenedness of it, unless 
Yeah, depend. I guess it depends on who I work with, though. If they're if they're the if I'm working with the first years, it does tend to be more of kind of we're still doing the finding your own voice, finding yourself, mm-hmm. and finding yourself through that. And I think jumping from them to a heightened context is sometimes a leap that they're not necessarily able to make. Absolutely. And so I'm still kind of working in the ordinary and then going, okay, here's the ordinary scenario. If we would put that on stage or we put that on screen what changes to make it extraordinary yeah and i think in the training of actors it's very different to working with people who have trained in whatever capacity that they've trained in because i think that um because what happens is is with the especially first year actors Mm -hmm. that what you're trying to do is make them aware of some of the behaviors that they have right so that then what happens is that they every time you say right or correct it's going to like put me off now um what happens with them is that then they start to be able to get to a point where they're able to articulate whether they're doing the thing they intended to do or whether they're doing something that is completely counterproductive to the thing they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So if they are shortening vowel sounds and they're dropping the end of sentences and they're not beginning sentences or they're not hitting keywords or operative language, mm-hmm. we know that that's not going to communicate what their intention is. Mm-hmm. And therefore... They need to be aware of that so mm-hmm. that they can change things. They can change the the minutiae of that, really. They can change the 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 moment-to-moment interaction with that language, with the need to communicate mm-hmm. on stage. But if you can't do it as self, mm-hmm. then how on earth are you going to do it on stage? Or you're it's not so doing away. it. on Like, you're not doing it at all in your mm-hmm. everyday life. Yeah. And I've got, I've got students now who it's like, people tell me I'm not, um, th- my, my teacher's telling me I'm not loud enough. And I was like, well, you're not. And they're like, well, I feel loud. And I was like, yeah, because you've been doing this your entire life. And of course you feel loud. But I was like, if I'm going to put you up on a stage, um, no one's going to be able to hear mm. you at all. How, how often is it that you speak to people who are more than 12 feet away from you? Like never. Well, I, well yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, I'm we loud. Do. We do, because we just we have conversations across restaurants. We do. But... Um, <laughs> Sorry, people. Life as a voice. Guy. But but it, but you know but like and also as a teacher, I mean, mm-hmm. if you lecture or you do anything yeah. in a seminar or a, or a large workshop environment, mm-hmm. you need to fill the space with your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, having this sort of meek and mild, tiny little voice just doesn't just doesn't wash. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's too, it's too flaccid. It's too sort of. It needs to have more. You know. Wait, meat. Wait, meat. Yes, to the sound. Um, yes, and I think this. I mean, I think this links to a whole lots of things. Um, it links to that what we talked about before about natural. It doesn't feel natural. This is why mm. I got a lot of students who are like, "Well, it doesn't feel natural." Um, and I think the response is, "Well, of course it doesn't feel natural. You wouldn't talk to your friends this way. I mean, if you do, that's a, a choice, and you might not have friends mm. after that." But um, I, but I was like, "You're you're not, you're not communicating in a way." Um, in an everyday, ordinary way. You're communicating something that is bigger than you are. Um, and the, the most famous line, and I have no idea who originated this, but I've taken it on board, is that it's not about you comment. Um, where it's not about you. It's mm-hmm. about the communication of whatever it is that you are presenting. So there's a bigger structure involved, not just you. And yes, you are a key piece of that, Sometimes <laughs> you are you are a very key piece of that, um, but it but it doesn't it's not about you. So you need to keep that awareness of other things that are happening and other things that are going to amplify the communication of the story. Yeah, I had this conversation post show with an, a student actor the other day, mm. 
And she said to me, I, I, what I find really difficult is being heard in the space, but then maintaining a connection to the feeling. Mm. And I said, if we don't hear it, there is no feeling that well, then we don't know how you're feeling at all mm-hmm. and i said which is ostensibly just really self-indulgent and you know it sorry for the crudeness of it but by any other name that's masturbation yeah are you having a great time on your own you don't need us to be here <laughs> i mean yeah we are which then adds a whole other layer of weird to it yeah um so like Share that with us. Mm. We want to know what's going on inside you. We want to understand what's happening with that. And then I said to her, in the next run, in the next performance, go for audibility Mm -hmm. and forge a stronger, more intimate connection with the audibility, with the connection with the audience that will then sort of have this sort of reciprocal situation where it then connects into you even more. So because you're sharing more, you can then connect to it more. Mm -hmm. She was like, wow. Yeah, I'll try that. And then messaged me, you know, afterwards. Well, actually saw me afterwards to then say, yeah, that... It worked. That works. And I was yeah. like, I know. <laughs> that's why I gave you the advice, darling. Yeah. But that's the kind of... That's the sort of thing that people really struggle with is like the authenticity of it. Is it authentic to be able to speak that loud? Well, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're in a place of relative inauthenticity because it's it, it's we're within a context that is performance that is yeah. heightened that is other that is you know that is distant that is whatever it's a kind of there's a whole different layer to it yeah that you then have to sort of negotiate and and work your way through yeah and i find that with presentations too because i coached um a wonderful tech person on um tech people tech person on um uh, on a presentation that he was doing and he he just kept saying he was like well it doesn't feel he's like I don't feel like me and then I was like well do you do this a lot and mm. he was like no and I was like well no then it's not gonna then feel like you, you. <laughs> it's gonna feel like something that is different from you and I was like and that is okay and in some instances that is good and I was like I'm not changing you as a person I was like we didn't go through some kind of psychological um, breakdown I didn't peel away all of your childhood traumas or whatever I was like <laughs> we are just speaking at a different level than we were before mm. um, because we're communicating at a different level you're reaching more people I think uh, most of the time I think you, like you were saying before most of the time when we talk um, we're only talking to maybe one two three other people at the most mm. and that is putting a lot because human beings do not multitask very well but um, True. L- like when you're talking about performance or presentations, um, whether you're acting or whether you're giving a presentation for your job, you are talking to more than two or three people. Mm-hmm. You tend to be talking to five, six, eight, ten masses, millions, however many you do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I haven't gotten that level in my career yet, but maybe I will. <laughs> um, but you're, but it's it's a lot of a lot of people, and so yes, something has to change. Because the dynamics of it change, mm. and that's just, and that's how it does. That's that. That's how it rolls. And it might be that there are some aspects that you can keep. There, I mean, you might be doing some things already that I tell a lot of students. It's like, oh, you, you know, it's the two positives and the one change that I do. So it's the like, I like this. I like this. Maybe <laughs> not. Maybe we need. This is what we need to work on. This is the thing that we're that that we're working on. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the again. Sorry for the profanity, but it's uh, it's called a shit sandwich. Yeah. Where you do one positive, mm. negative, and then another positive. I like that too. Just yeah. to make people feel great. Yeah. But at the same time, 
change the thing. Change the, the thing. Well, because I seriously. Yeah, and that I mean I think there's a whole <laughs> other thing on like critique and like oh, and and how to give how to re- how to receive critique and giving notes. And receiving and we're having we're having a day. Giving. We're doing a whole <laughs> friends episode. Having a whole day. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a whole thing because that's a whole other level of communication. What do I need in in that critique? What do I need in that note? And what 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 is about me and my performance and what isn't really about me but about something else that I don't I can't really control but I'll just take that and I'd be like yes okay mm. um, but yeah so that yeah that's a whole nother podcast um, I think critique is also different from criticism yes so maybe that's another thing to talk about I mean maybe we should get yes. somebody who is excellent at critique and then oh. a critic Oh, you know, I wanted to be a critic. Did you? Yeah, I wanted to be a theatre critic. Just because you wanted free tickets to the theatre. That is exactly why I wanted to <laughs> yeah. be a theatre critic. I also really wanted want to, to work at um, the New York Times. And I, <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, but I'm not qualified to write on anything else. I was like, so I'll just do theatre. Just, just going to go and teach voice. <laughs> and, sure. and then now I'm just teaching voice, so. Oh, well. Oh, Jeff. Yes. What did you realize during this little podcast episode of ours? Context. That's my word. It just keeps sticking out to me. And authentic context and inauthentic context. Ugh. Yeah, I know. It's a whole series. I know. I know. I'm just going to keep that in my brain. Mm. What did you learn, Leon? I realize. Realize. What did I realize? Yeah. I realized that we, um, we, we are sort of diagnosticians by the very nature of what we do mm-hmm. and that we have to work out what somebody's doing and then work out how to treat it almost in a medical capacity sometimes and or forensic capacity mm. more than medical and then and then implement it so a treatment plan um i'm thinking quite clinically i've been reading the voice clinic handbook so sure. i love how we're, we're both in different minds i'm thinking philosophically and you're thinking clinically we're just yeah <laughs> and we meet somewhere in the middle of linguistics <laughs> and voice coaching so yeah i think there's lots of uh, there's lots of those layers that i'm kind of um yeah realizing through the course of our conversation today not realizing really i mean i, I knew they were there but it's kind of highlighting them shining a little light on them yeah I think the really interesting thing about that, which I'm not going to go on forever because we're running out of time, but I think the really, really interesting thing is that I think we like to compartmentalize things. We like to put things into boxes Mm. so that we can work on them better because, I mean, you think about when you tackle a problem um, or an issue or a challenge, it's a lot easier to go, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, Mm -hmm. um, and to break it down into little pieces rather than just attacking the whole thing. It's the same thing like when you go into a lesson. You're like, yep, okay, so we've got a lot to work on a mm. whole lot but clearly i can't work on everything from a to z in two hours so i'm only going to i'm going to have my objectives i'm going to have my goals yeah. and i'm going to meet that and i think it's the same thing with when you coach as well that i'm only allotted maybe like 45 minutes sure. and so yeah it's a thing of like how do you eat an elephant oh my god one bite at a time <laughs> We're going to end with that. <laughs> if you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at Can You Hear Pod. Or on Instagram at Can You Hear Me Podcast. Or you can search for us on Facebook and on YouTube. Or email us at Can You Hear Me 
gmail.com. You can find me, Leon, on Twitter at Leon Trayman. And me, Andrea, at Andrea Fudge on Twitter. Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site. The link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement-free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!